Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Yes, and welcoming Mary Meyer back to our studio. Mary is uh, a member of the uh, Horticultural Science faculty member, the U of M. She knows her stuff. I uh, tell you what, it's good to, to see you, Mary. Here. Great and to be here. You Danny. you told me Always that you good. you uh, were just in Chicago, and <laughs> they have what? I don't know if this is good news or bad news for us in Minnesota, but when I was there on Monday and Tuesday, there was no snow in Chicago. No snow. I, I just I just walked around with my mouth hanging open because I couldn't believe the lack of snow there. So of course it has snowed. They have had cold weather. It was cold when I was there, but. I was at the beautiful Morton Arboretum, and you could see everything, <laughs> the brown grass. So it was, <laughs> the brown I, grass. I was told you I was worried about what pair of boots to take. Well, we didn't need any boots in Chicago. So um, just south of us, uh, there is quite a different landscape. And I don't know if it's good or bad to get out of it this time of year, but it is good. If you're in Minnesota, to go to the flower show at the Arboretum. Is that coming to an end? Como. Yes, the last weekend. So tomorrow's the last day of the flower show out at the Arboretum. It's a beautiful show. Tremendous fragrance, lovely flowers. It's really gorgeous. So uh, it's it's great to get out there. And people are snowshoeing and skiing now. Lots of people are on the trails uh, this They've week. got some good stuff for that. Yes, plenty of snow for that. And the trails are groomed. You can take a walk around, uh, get a cup of coffee there. It's it's a great place to uh Spring is coming, and we know the days, <laughs> the days are much longer. We can see a big difference. But with you that. can tell the sun is is the sun's is, warmer. It is warmer. Yes, it's a little it more power warmer. now. That's true. Yeah. I right. want to make mention yeah. too, Mary, that our friends at the By the Yard sponsor the show every week. Maintenance free outdoor furniture. I urge you to check it out. ByTheYard.net. Thank you to By the Yard. Okay, now for those new to the show, it doesn't matter what the weather is. We still talk lawns and gardens. Even though it's, oh, it did warm up to seven now. That's uh, seven above. But if you have any kind of a, a lawn or garden question for Mary, call it in or text it in. We've cleared the line, so uh, call it in if you want to chat with Mary, 651-989-9226. Or if you'd rather, send a text, 81807, 81 807. We have a little homework you wanted to catch up on. Yes. So I think the last time I was on, we were talking about cut flowers because so many people are 
buying flowers now and enjoying them in their homes. We had a lot of uh, those given for Valentine's Day. So at Bachman's, um, they have two floral preservatives that they offer you. One is the traditional one, and it just says, you know, cut flower food. And then they have a bulb food. Oh, so this is a little pat, yes, yeah, specifically for bulbs. And so I've been looking that up and trying to research what's going on with that bulb food. Well, as many of our listeners probably know, if you purchase cut tulips, they're beautiful, and they actually they are number two after roses uh, sold by Bachman's now. They're very popular and easy and, and will last uh, quite a while. But um, tulips have a tendency to grow while they're in a vase, and they become this artistic arrangement all of their own. Their stems continue to elongate, hmm. and with the heat in our homes, they often will double in length, and they become uh, quite artistic and they're floppy, some people might say. So if you use the bulb food for cut uh, bulbs, um, this will stop that elongation with Uh tulips. There are hormones in the bulb food that um, will stop that. And also with lilies as cut flowers. Now, one of our favorite cuts is... um, Oh, the big fragrant Easter lily. I'm t- not Easter lily, but it's a big uh, lily that is so uh, fragrant. Um, you put that in your house, and almost the whole house is fragrant. Mm. So you can really smell that in uh, the grocery stores, garden centers, uh, at Bachman's when you're buying that. But um, lilies tend to have um, a quick loss of foliage. Their foliage will often turn yellow. So if you use the bulb food, this will help the lily uh, flower to uh, – the flower lasts a long time, but it will help the foliage to keep, stay green and nice. So if you look for that where at a florist or um, you can, there is a special bulb food for cut flowers that come from a bulb. So you can ask for that. You can ask for that. And of course, if you use the regular one, that's fine. That's still uh, a help to keeping it last longer. But there's a little less sugar and more hormones to balance the needs of cut bulbs like lilies and uh, tulips. All right. 651-989-9226. If you have a uh, lawn or garden type of question for Mary, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. In fact, the texter wanted to, to know, what are your thoughts on seeds on tape? What's what's that about, seeds on tape? Oh, seeds on tape. This is really cool. Uh, I was actually going to talk about longevity of seeds we'll this do morning, that too. so we can do that. Seeds on tape are actually, yes, uh, seeds that have been uh, put on a strip of adhesive, so they stick to that, so that you plant this piece of tape, and the seeds are already spaced a, a distance apart. Hmm. So it's really an ease in planting. Now, this is much more expensive than just uh, getting seeds in a packet because they're they're placed uh, mechanically on this strip. Now, the strip will dissolve and is of no consequence, but it's simply an easy means of planting seeds. So something like carrots, a uh, very small seed, uh, you need that spaced apart. S- strips are really cool. Uh, might be a fun thing for kids to do also that would with be. tiny seeds. So, yes, it's it's um, it's expensive, but it is uh, worth it. Right. Now, there's a follow-up to this texture that said they bought the last year, and they were bad. They said the carrots and beets never came in. And the radishes tasted terrible. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I would encourage you to try again and make sure that uh, you're purchasing seed that is sold for the year. 
So there are federal and state regulations on seed that require labeling and to have them uh, packaged for a certain year. So most of the time, that's no problem. You can look and and see exactly what's on the packet, and it will tell you it's packed for 2019. Okay. Say 2019. So um, I would do that. I would also, you know, you can always write to the manufacturer and tell them. uh, But you have to read the directions, too, because many of these tiny seeds do not need very much soil on top, and then they need quite a bit of moisture until they germinate. So follow the directions. Follow the directions. When in doubt, read the directions. All right. Uh, 651-989-9226. Let's go to the phones. Jerry is calling from Brooklyn Park, I believe. Jerry, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, good morning. They um, grow canna lilies uh, during the summer. I've got several varieties of them, and when I heard her talking about bald food and that kind of thing, I just started to bring them up out of the basement to start uh, their growth again for the summer. And I was just wondering if there's any product that I should be using or when I should use the fertilizer of any sort uh, to create more blossoms for the spring. And I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. Yes. You know, Jerry, the first time I saw or heard about this bulb food for a cut flower, I immediately confused it with fertilizer you put in the soil because that's called bulb food also. Uh, But they're they're two totally different things. And yes, when cannas, cannas are a big plant, they require quite a bit of fertilizer. Fertilizer is not going to be limiting while they're indoors and you're starting them early. But once you plant them outside, it is a good idea to use an additional fertilizer with those. You want something that has a lower ratio of nitrogen, so something like 5, 10, 10. So 5, the first number is the nitrogen, so lower nitrogen. But it's always a good idea, of course, to get a soil test to know how much uh, your soil is lacking uh, in nutrients. All right. Very good. Thank you, Jerry. Jerry leaves that line open, 651-989-9226. If it's easier, send a text, 81807. Here is one. Uh, Is now a good time to cut back my hibiscus tree? Should I fertilize? If so, how often? A couple of questions. Um, Yes, you can cut back your hibiscus tree now. And if Well, I, I think this person's got their hibiscus indoors, but they might have it outdoors. Uh, there is a, a if they can of, find it, if they can find it. So I assume it's indoors. So hibiscus can be pruned quite heavily, and you actually can do that pretty much any time. I usually do it when I bring the plant in um, in the uh, fall of the year, but you can do it now. Uh, hibiscus are really tough. They uh, can grow well indoors, and then, of course, most people take them um, outside. And then I think they ask about fertilizer yes. also. Again, this plant is a very heavy feeder. It takes a lot of water and uh, regular fertilization. So not so much when you cut it back, it's going to be kind of arrested in growth. But once you see new growth coming out again after you cut it back, then um, you can fertilize that. All right. right. Liquid fertilizer um, once a month inside is fine. Excellent. Hang on, Mary. We'll take a quick break. We have more show to come. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, phone it in at 651-989-9226, or if it's easier, send Mary a text, 81807. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Mary Meyer is in from the University of Minnesota answering your questions either by phone or by text. Uh, call uh, Mary, 651-989-9226. So you can also, as I said, send a text, if that's easier, 81807. 
800-227-8807. You know, you and I talked briefly, Mary, before we went on the air about uh, about seeds. You, you had another uh, thought about, because yes, uh, so we've had questions about. <laughs> we have had questions, and I have some old seed from research projects that I've worked on, and so <clears throat> I'm germinating it now. It's about 20-year-old seed, and um, some of it is coming up. Now, this is seed that we've kept at what are uh, prescribed conditions in cold storage. So if any, you know, best of conditions. But I was also reading about the famous experiment that Michigan State has done because um, William Beale, a professor there in 1879, put seeds in bottles with very narrow necks and buried the bottles and now they are digging them up periodically and germinating the seeds. And there are some that are that are germinating that are, working. that are coming well, up. No and so kidding. this is like a hundred and almost forty years wow. old seed. So it's kind of a historic experiment on how long will seed survive. And he used many different kinds. I think he had twenty or twenty-five different kinds of seed in each bottle, but it was just seed with a little sand. And so the winners are weeds. <laughs> so, and this is why, why do weeds last so long is they just have a tremendous capacity wow. to endure. And so verbascum or mullen, which is a common roadside kind of weed for us, is one of the genera that has lived. And then mal- malva, the cheese weeds, they're, they're another big weed. Those are the two species that ha- are still coming and growing out of these conditions. But that's something that we wonder about. And, you know, I I talk about it in a way that might be uh, a bad thing. Weeds can live forever. But there's also some thought that uh, species that actually become uh, extinct, we may find again with Mm. seeds that will germinate. I, I think there's less likelihood of that because those extinct species tend to have, um, vulnerability or something wrong that they they um, die and weeds just seem to keep on going forever but but it's interesting that that seeds uh, buried or um, not uh, where we can see them and they germinate can actually come back to life now I wonder why of course given that what he had available way back then why do you think that medium of a bottle and and said was it all corked or was it um, actually it wasn't a corked bottle but it had a very narrow neck it was kind of like a mini wine bottle oh, almost because okay. it was uh, and they he buried it as I understand it um, to kind of be natural outdoor conditions but yet he didn't want predators to be able oh. to get to the seeds so they're enclosed to these uh, glass bottles but the they were kind of at an buried at an angle so that water didn't accumulate in the bottle itself. So it was it was a pretty simple idea, and it's just amazing to see the results. So they're secretly hidden in this garden, the Beale <laughs> Garden on uh, at Michigan State, and um, they have uh, timing. They're going to dig them up. I don't know, twenty one hundred or something is the last bottle. So it's like a time out. capsule. <laughs> it's a time <laughs> capsule of seeds. Of seeds. Yeah. How about that? It's kind of a fun project. Now you have uh, you have uh, an outing today. You're going to uh, oh, I'm the going folks up in Osseo, to the right? Osseo. The Osseo Lions have asked me to come up and do Q and A and at their community. Kind of like center. what you do here, exactly like what I do here. So if you're uh, looking for something to do this morning at the Osseo Community Center. Uh, I think it's between 10 and 11. They're actually going to start there. But anyone can come in and, uh, yeah, we'll talk about uh, what's on your mind with gardening questions. All right. Very good. You folks in Osseo, so heads up for that. 
Uh, let's see. I want to try to catch up on some uh, text messages, Mary. Where is the one I was? Okay. My ewes have lost most of the foliage. You think they, they may come back? Gee, that's rough this yeah. time of year. I don't know if they'll come back or not. Um, you could certainly wait and see. There might be some buds that will push out on the stem as well. But uh, loss of evergreen foliage at this time of year is usually a bad sign. Oh, it's it usually is. something else. There might be, we don't think rabbits uh, feed on use, but there might be something that's been eating at the bark so that the yeah, so I I would wait and see what they look like in the spring. Yeah, you've got you've got to wade through a little bit of snow yet anyway, so you might as well wait. Right, right? right. Yeah. Ed is calling in from Bloomington with a question. I believe Ed, you're on with Mary. Thank you. I have a number of plants under a grow light, um, and I just wondered: does the grow light need to be turned off, or can it run twenty four hours a day uh, to stimulate more light for the plant? Oh, that's a great question, Ed. We've been trying to answer that question at the university and doing uh, tests uh, with that very same question. For the most part, um, we do long days. So a 16-hour day with a timer on to have a night, a dark period. Um, That um, is kind of a standard for growing conditions. Uh, We feel that maximizes the amount of time plants can grow. But that nighttime, dark hours, um, it it is needed for some plants. So I know you've got a variety there, but 24 hours, yeah, you'd think they can photosynthesize the whole time. But I would um, say 16-hour days, better way to go. All right, very good, Ed. Thank you for the call. Uh, Ed leaves that line open. I know we have to head for a break here, but we do have another half hour of the show to go. But don't wait. If you have uh, any kind of a lawn or garden question, call it in. Or text it in, 651-989-9226. Uh, meanwhile, the text number is 81807. We'll catch up on those, too, when we come back. On this Saturday in CCO land, we're in the midst of our Smart Garden Show here on the CCO. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show presented every week by our friends at By the Art. Check them out at the uh, convention center this weekend, the Home and Garden Show. Uh, in the Twin Cities, uh, seven degrees above zero. Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota is with us inside this warm studio. And we have texters, Mary, as usual. We have callers, too. I see one line, though, is open. If you want to ask your lawn and garden question to Mary by phone, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. All right, Mary, let's see who's with. Uh, Joanne is waiting in Minneapolis with a question. Thanks, Joanne. What's your question? My daughter has a pear tree in her backyard, very old tree, and it bears small little pears that are really hard, and they just keep falling for, it keeps producing for quite a while, and it affects my her neighbors, um, it falls on her roof, and her yard is full of them, and I was wondering if there's something we can do to stop of fruit from bearing, a tree from bearing the fruit? Uh, interesting question, Joanne. Uh, mo- most people are interested in the other thing, how to get more fruit yes. uh, from their trees. But in your case, um, yes, I can understand this uh, can be a nuisance. 
Well, uh, there there are hormones you can put on the tree to stop uh, fruiting, but I don't think that's a practical answer for you. So um, the only other thing, of course, is to remove the tree. So I'm not really an advocate of removing the tree. So um, the, those are the, that's really your only practical option um, that I see is to remove the tree. So um, there, there are a lot of people that do love pears, however, and you have to realize pears are kind of a different fruit for us, even though this is a, probably a variety that's hardy. It's been here a long time. But pears, uh, there are some that are white. We have one summer crisp uh, introduced from the Arboretum. It is a firm, small, firm pear. It doesn't look like or uh, taste exactly like the pears you get in the store. It's just a different pear. So maybe do some research on the pear or get your get your neighbors to like the pear or harvest them or use them. Pears are picked green because they ripen off the tree better and then they ripen from the inside out so they often get ripened before we realize well that's interesting yeah there it's an uh, unconventional way to ripen so you often will cut them and they're brown on the inside they ripen from the inside out so it's kind of a tricky thing to learn when they're ripe interesting Good luck, Joanne. Thank you for the call. 651-989-9226. Who else is there? Anne from Farmington. Anne, you're on CCO. Good morning. Oh, good morning, um, Mary. I received a potted plant on Valentine's Day, and it's a live um, rose bush. It has a head and chick in there, which is doing good. And it has, like, little stems with looks like cranberries, but they're probably not. I don't know what they are. But it's, it's, it's drying out, and I want to know how to save it so I can plant it in the spring in the ground. So I, I'm not sure if what you're seeing, if it's a rose bush, what you're seeing is actually the uh, rose hips or the seeds of the roses. They look like little cranberries, small and red. And sometimes the, these are a very attractive part of the rose plant as well. So I would urge you to take it out of any foil container or anything else that it's in and water it really well in the sink till the water runs out of the bottom. And then make it sure you keep it in good light conditions where it's nice and bright and the sun is great this time of year. And just uh, when you water it, water it thoroughly and then let it uh, dry slightly in between waterings. So um, if a lot of if some of the foliage turns brown and dries, um, that might be okay as long as the tips are still green. So hopefully in another month you'll be able to um, put it uh, where well every day it will get more and more light. So hopefully it will still make it. All right, very good. Thanks, Ann. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Again, text number is eight one eight zero seven. We've talked about this process in the past, but a new listener want you to describe and talk about starting seeds in milk jugs and setting outside. What's the process? How do you do that? Yes, this is a a cool thing, and you can read about it um, online and how to start them. So this is like making a little little mini greenhouse. So you have a milk jug that you put soil in, you put the seeds in, and then you put the whole thing outside. You have to cut it. Yes, you cut the cut the top off okay. so that right, so you have a uh, can access it right okay. in there. But then, um, yeah, I haven't actually done this myself, but Teresa uh, does it regularly. But you put it outside, and the seeds will start germinating when it's warm enough, and yet there's some protection in there with the containers. So I think you can do this 
pretty much any time now. I mean, really, you can do it any time. Obviously, you have to have access to potting soil. You have to have your seeds. And when you do it this time of year, absolutely nothing is going to happen. So you still have plenty of time to get uh, to read up about this, decide which seeds you want to germinate or start early. And you can still do this um, April 1st. You can still do this. And then you'll be much more in sync with uh, timing-wise if you did something like tomatoes that take quite a long time uh, to germinate. That we usually think that's six weeks indoors before you plant them outdoors. So uh, around April 1st, you could certainly think about doing it. But the idea is it's a little mini greenhouse. The temperature conditions outdoors keep it from getting too far ahead too early. I would not, not only for big kids like us, but I would imagine that this would be a great thing for kids to get into yes, gardening. Huh? Right, to, to actually watch and do yeah. it. Right. Yeah, great right. idea. A uh, texter wants to know, uh, I have a burr oak tree that needs to be trimmed, but I haven't gotten to it yet this winter. I have heard in the past that trimming an oak tree in March is not advised as it increases the risk of oak wilt. Can I trim it this weekend or should I wait until next winter? Uh, I You could still do it this It's going to be a cold weekend. Right. Uh, so the dead of the winter is uh, the time to do pruning on oaks because... Whenever you do pruning, you open up, a, uh, obviously open a branch up, as expose the plant, and that has more chance of then getting uh, the baroque blight or oak wilt is the, the big concern of us. So April, May, June is the really do not prune time. So we're still in the early part of March, so I would do it um, as soon as possible now for the winter. Uh, the My Minnesota Woods uh, page um, I should look at that now. We've turned yeah, a corner right. with March, but I think that will still say, I'll look at it in the break. I think that will still say um, this is the best time uh, to prune in the dead of winter. Okay, very good. If you want to send a text to Mary 81807 or call 651-989-9226. Uh, here's a text that says, is it too late to start pansies by seed if so uh, when are the, is the plant available? I always miss them at the garden store. Yes, I wish our garden centers had pansies out for a longer period of time. Uh, there are some newer pansies that are more heat tolerant. But yes, that's the first plant that you can put out because it does have a lot of cold tolerance. It will withstand frost and so on. Starting pansies from seed indoors, um, that's kind of a challenge. Yeah, but you you could certainly try. You could sow the seed right now. You'll need um, very good light conditions indoors to do that. But um, you can also call a garden center and they will tell you when they uh, will have pansies. I would expect by mid-April uh, they will certainly uh, have pansies. Okay. Texter wants to catch up. Must have come at the last part of you talking about the Arboretum. Uh, this is the last weekend. Maybe we could read. Yeah, that. last weekend for the flower show. So today and tomorrow are the last days of the flower show. So you want to be sure and go out there and see that. That's free with admission if members, of course, get in free. Uh, starting Wednesdays. Now, Wednesdays in March are what they call March Madness at the Arboretum. What's that about? If you come in to shop at the gift shop, uh, you get free admission. So just tell the gatehouse you're coming to shop for March Madness on Wednesdays at the Arboretum. But, of course, if you come in, if you become a member, you can uh, go out there anytime. Anytime. But this is the last weekend of the flower show. Hours tomorrow, 10 to 4. 
uh, today, 8 to 4.30 at the Arboretum. And if you don't know where it is, quickest intersection uh, address? Uh, 5 and 41. So it's on the southwest uh, side of the metro um, in uh, Chanhassen. Very good. Chaska, Chanhassen. Chaska, Chanhassen area. You're right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, 81807 is the uh, text number. Let's see. Let's catch up on those. I have, Texter says, a spider plant that I was planning to repot, and I let it go dormant this winter, but instead it looks very distressed with the leaves and little plants on the vine turning brown. Should I repot it now or give it water and bring it to life a bit? I would uh, give it water and bring it to life a bit. Uh, uh, that uh, spider plant is a very tough plant that can endure quite a bit. I think you'll see the green start to come in it and grow, and then uh, you could repot it. You could take the whole thing out of the pot, check it out, look at the roots, and do it. Uh, but the the best way get it get it growing and then repot it uh, in a few weeks. All right, very good. Let's take a break, Mary. We have more show to come. If you have any kind of a lawn and garden question, call it in six five one. Nine eight nine nine two two six, or send us a text eight one eight zero seven. Either one works here on our Smart Garden Show. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO Radio. Danny Long here with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. Uh, we have texters, we have callers. I see a line open. If you want to use that method, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Text line is eight one eight zero seven. Texter says this, Mary. I I have heard. There is some type, and I know we've had calls about this, wild mustard that is found in the ditches. I heard that if you would touch it, you would get a very bad burning rash. Is that true? Have you heard of that with that plant? Uh, Not with wild mustard. I think this person is confusing this with a plant called wild parsnip. And wild parsnip is, yes, extreme dermatological uh, reaction. So unfortunately, there are some plants that do this. But wild mustard, the yellow-flowered crucifer family in the the same um, grouping as our um, cabbages and so on, that does not give you uh, a rash. But wild parsnip does. Uh. So it's it's a, a extremely bad plant and there's more information on that and other noxious plants at our extension.umn.edu website. So folks can really check it out there. I remember, in fact, my wife got burned with it too. Is it burning something? There was a... Oh, there's a gas plant. Really? The gas, it's called gas plant. It actually has a, yeah, you can kind of I don't know that you can really light a match, but it has a little bit of gas that comes out of it. Um, And that is another plant that causes uh, dermatitis, bad dermatitis on people. That's a a beautiful perennial, but, yeah, some people have more of a reaction than others. Uh, Parsnip, that wild parsnip is uh, pretty much everybody gets (laughs) that, kind of like poison ivy. Sure. But much worse than poison ivy. Wow. Yeah. All right. All right, let's uh, go back to the phones, Mary. I think Twyla, is it? Twyla, are you on the horn for Mary? I am. How can we help you? See, uh, short story. I bought a plant at Cub, no green thumb. I think it's a uh, heart-shaped pathos. Anyway, I had to repot it, which I did, and the thing went crazy. Well, then I, I looked at the bag. It was 10 years old, and it had miracle Grow. so I thought, hmm, that answers that. Now my question is, the side things is it had. I wonder if I can cut off some of those things at the bottom, you know, that kind of go off by the side, you yes. know, to prune it down a little bit. I love it, but it's going crazy, and I don't have any bigger pot. 
Yes. Um, uh, pothos is a really tough houseplant. It's actually quite popular now with lots mm. of different kinds available. Yes, you can do some pruning on that and cut that back. That's one of our uh, best plants for low light and very tolerant of too much water, too little water, and so on. And uh, good for you. Glad you've got that growing well. <laughs> That's great, Father. Thank you. Uh, let's see who's next. Jenny is calling from Fridley, I believe. Jenny, you're on CCO with Mary. Hi. Hi. I oh. have a I have a, a, a Japanese yew on the north side of the house, and I let it go last year, and now it's coming over my sidewalk, and I wonder if I can cut that back and when. Uh, yes, Jenny, you can cut that back. You could do it right now if you can reach it and see the plant. The tough thing is when we have this much snow on the ewes, it's hard to see the whole plant. And so you'll probably want to do some shaping on that. It might be easier to do it once the snow is gone. You can do that pruning anytime between now and uh, like to, between now and July 15th. So that's kind of the, the window. Um, you don't want to do it in uh, later summer, can, summertime, but right now is fine, and uh, early spring is fine as well. Okay, thanks, Jenny. Texter wants to know, we have some bushes, didn't say what kind, on the side of the house, several different kinds. Some are two years old. Some are five years old. They're totally covered in snow. The question is, will they survive covered like that? Yes, um, they they likely will. Now, of course, they can't stay covered for 12 months, yeah. and, of course, that won't happen. But this time of year, the plants are dormant. Even evergreens uh, can survive being totally covered up for a few months. And, in fact, with the cold conditions that we have, it's actually better that they're covered up rather than exposed to below zero air temperatures. So uh, they should be fine. You might see some breakage from the weight of the snow. Uh, It can be easier for animals like rabbits to access those branches. But the snow itself is not fatal. Okay. Uh, Let's see. When I say, Texas says, when I saved some catalpa tree seeds last fall, I put one of those desiccant tubes that come in pill bottles in with the seeds before putting them in the fridge in a baggie, hoping that helped to keep them from uh, getting moldy. Fingers crossed. I just potted them and I'm watching for sprouts. What do you think of that method of with that I, desiccant? I, I don't know if you need the desiccant in there. Um, sometimes things are too dry in our climate. So we don't want real high humidity but usually the uh, humidity levels in the refrigerator are okay. We don't use desiccants along with our seed storage under normal conditions. I'm sure the seed specialists, there are probably some where they do. But if anything, too dry can be a problem with seeds. So especially in our climate, um, it's it's kind of dry here in the winter. A little bit. <laughs> so um, I, I don't think you did any harm probably, but probably not necessary to use that. But if you do it again... Uh, do some with the desiccant, some without. See if there's a difference. Uh, Texter wants to know, are dried up Christmas tree needles good for mulch? Uh, you can use them for mulch. I like organic mulches, and, uh, yeah, you can do that. People shred Christmas trees, uh, make them into mulch, 
and that's fine. You can do that. Um, it's unlikely you'll change the pH of your soil with that. Some people worry about that acidic soil conditions, but it's like a drop in the bucket uh, compared to the native parent material that you have there is going to create that pH. When, Texter says, can you trim a magnolia bush? Right after it flowers. So if you prune now, you're going to cut off the flower buds that are already there. Those are those big fuzzy buds, bigger than the vegetative buds. So I'd wait till after of the tree flowers. So magnolias come out real early before the foliage. So by June 1st, they'll be done. So right after the flowers. You know what we should do? We haven't done, at least outside of once maybe, is mention the website. Yes, extension.umn.edu. Uh, this morning I was listening to Annie Claude talk about pruning grapes and uh-huh. looking, looking at the um, injury, winter injury on grapes, how to prune grapes. So lots of great information at extension.umn.edu. Click on Garden. For you folks in Osseo, come oh, and see Mary. Oh, look out. Yes, Where are you yes gonna we're going to be up there. Osseo Community Center answering garden questions. From what time to what time? I, I, this morning, I think 1030 to 1130. I would say. Have yes. fun. We'll see you again, Mary. Always a pleasure. Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.